Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for today. For all the jewels and treasures you hid in it with, uh, for us to find, Father. Sometimes we don't find these and we don't realize later on when we reflect that, that they were there and we can receive them at that time. Father, you're the God who redeems. You take everything that we've done and you can take any loss that we've made, any failure we have performed and turn it into something good because you desire that. You desire to give your children good things and you desire that your name be glorified, Father. I just pray that you would allow us to be humble before you and to honor and glorify your name, that we would be able to reflect the love that you've given us back to you, because that is our heart's desire, Father. Allow us to enter into your presence and not only feel it manifested around us, but to know that we are encouraged because you indwell us and you care so much about us. In Jesus' name. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. A couple of quick things here at the top. Remember, if you guys are in need of prayer, reach out prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Do not hesitate. Um, For all the links, for all the things, check out buddywalkwithjesus.com. If you want to support the ministry as well as get some great Buddy Walk swag, uh, you can check out our store. Uh, We also have a Patreon with different perks and things like that, as well as our Discord server to be able to engage and join the collection of the saints. So this week, we are continuing our walk through Colossians. Um, Last week, we discussed the influence of uh, Christ in the home, talking about the second half of Colossians 3. And this week, we want to finish off chapter 3 and then go right into chapter 4. It was kind of a happy accident that it worked out this way because we had ended up spending so much time on Colossians 3, 18 to 21, that 22 is getting, is getting tacked on with this. But, um, this is one of those examples in the, how the modern Bible has things, uh, separated into chapters and verses and things like that, that, Um, there isn't necessarily the same kind of natural stopping point between chapters that sometimes exists. So this is kind of a happy accident that this is getting presented all together. Excellent. And before um, I start reading in Colossians 3.22, I'm going to say the first word I probably will say will be one that people will catch their ear. And I would just say there's some context around it. So... Wait around till we get back to after the scripture reading, and then we'll try to put some context so that people can have a clearer picture of what's being said. Because a lot of times we can feel that it's an extremely terrible word, and for most reasons, rightly so. But I want to put this in sort of a spiritual context of what God intends. 
And hopefully, if I don't mess it up, it'll come across that way. So starting in verse 22, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear for the Lord. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. That's why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response from everyone. Tychius will give you a full report about how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper who serves me in the Lord's work. I had sent him to, to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. I'm also sending you one Simeus, a faithful and beloved brother and one of your own people. He and Tychius will tell you everything about what's happening here. Aristarchus, who is in prison with me, sends you his greeting, and so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Jesus, the one we call Justice, also sends his greeting. There, these are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They're working here with me, here for the kingdom of God, and what a comfort they have been. Epiphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. I can assure you that he prays hard for you and also for the believers in Laodicea and Heropolis. Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings and so does Demas. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After you read this letter, pass it on to the church at Laodicea so that they can read it too. And you should read the letter I wrote to them and say to Archippus, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. Here is my greeting in my own hand. Paul, remember my chains. May God's grace be with you. So going back to the first word I said, slaves, a lot of times when we think of it, especially in, in, in American history, we think of the dark period in our country's history where there was slavery. And it was really a terrible, sinful thing before God. That's not what this word slave equates to. It actually means something a little different, and it has to do with the will, much more like a bond servant. And what the definition for this is one who gives himself up to another's will, those whose service is used by Christ in extending and in advancing his cause among people. 
devoted to another to disregard one's own interest a servant or an attendant so this is not if you will um capsulized with chains physical chains the way a lot of slaves were in american history this is by a person serving out of their own free will to bring about the i'm going to say the desire of the agendas or the will of the person they're serving we see this said by jesus in one of the parables excuse me parables that in matthew 25 21 his lord said unto him well done thou good and faithful servant or slave thou hast been faithful over a few things i will make you a ruler over many things enter into the joy of the lord of your lord excuse me so we see that it was a person who acted on the will to serve one another um, slavery in america was not something somebody intended to do the the slave so there's a big difference between what we're talking about here and what a lot of times people will think of when they hear the word slave so i just want to draw that distinction and hopefully i was able to clarify that when i read this first part well the first part of what you read but the last part of of chapter three it seems like there's this call to whatever it is do it with the right attitude and i think if we're taking this into a modern context there's been plenty of us that have been in that situation at work working for an employer that's kind of the illustration that i've always heard and so that's kind of where my mind goes to is the relationship between employer and employee and when we operate if it's in the home if it's with among people or if it's at work we're called to still regardless be christ representative and so when we're doing this it matters what the attitude behind what it is that we're doing if you're working hard work hard don't do so begrudgingly and do so within the right attitude if any of you are like me you've heard before that you know it's this mysterious thing of of how you're coming across right you're coming across a certain way it doesn't matter what you're saying but if you're coming across a certain way then that conveys a whole lot more than what you're than what it is that you're saying and so and, and that matters you know some people get a little bit weird when you start talking about how attractive you're making christ but are you inviting people towards christ is really what it comes down to and if you're if you're publicly a christian but walk around with a bad attitude about work about the things going on then you're sending out mixed signals and the way that you're approaching it really does matter i i think one of the the key things that can come out of this if we cultivate it is be grateful have a heart of gratitude because in that way you reflect one of the uh you actually reflect quite a few of the fruit of the spirit yep. you know so this contentment with where you're at like 
a lot of times we'll tend to think this job is horrible. But what would happen if you did not have that job and nothing else to go to? So there is an essence that God is providing. And if we take other scriptures to mind as a wholeness, that God ordains our steps and that we follow it, you know, that we trust in him, not on our own rationalization and he directs our path. We will see that there's a provision that happens that probably could not occur without his orchestrating it. So he has us there for a reason. Now, the one thing that is probably very important that we tend to forget is that we have an opportunity to influence other people, which is what this portion that we've read will talk about a lot, is that we're there to influence people and to be an encouragement. So being and disgruntled employee does not honor and glorify God. It doesn't lift up the Lord. And I understand there are people who have bad days and deadlines and everything like that. But what does that look like in the scope of eternity? What does that look like? And by the way, I say this to myself too. So I'm not saying this from a place of perfection, but from imperfection. If I have a challenge to meet something and I just am physically um i want to say limited uh but i'm not supernaturally limited because i have god why is that uh it, and i'm talking about mental um mindset the mindset not the physical body now there are people who have more physical jobs than i am and that's a big component of how they feel throughout the day especially if they're older and their back is hurting and all that stuff but one of the things that have actually been an issue for me is trying to do a good job of keeping everything what's that all the plates spinning and all the balls in the air kind of that kind of is the job that i have and i'll tell you this i'm working from home now and have been for the last 16 months or so and only realizing that right now that i can worship the lord while i am working and nobody is impacted by that only I am. And it changes the way I feel. It changes the very essence of the room, if you will. Have you ever heard that phrase, um, you know, that person brightens a room when they come in? That kind of a thing. Just praising God, he brightens the room. He lifts that up. And I feel like things start to flow better because I don't have all these things hitting at me. But everything has started to be, in one word, orchestrated. And I can think on what needs to be done now. What is it that I need to achieve? And it really is a wonderful feeling, but something that I'm still trying to exercise and practice. And uh, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for if you can, however you can, really connect with the Lord at work while you're doing work and while you're trying to meet deadlines. And then while you're having that meeting with the boss, you could be in a moment of prayer. Prayer for your boss, not that so much God set him straight, let him know all that I've done, but God really pour out your love on him. Let him know that he has been loved from before the foundations of the world and that you have called him. His name is on your lips. Father, let me be an example of that. Let me be a lower light. So there are many things that can be done in the workplace that will bring forth the kingdom of God. But a lot of times we're not taught we can do that. We're not taught that we are really 
carrying God with us into the marketplace. And not only that, we can honor him and glorify him. Today, I wanted to put something forward in an email. And I asked my boss, how would I phrase this that doesn't make it look like there's um, a negative? But I'm trying to be very careful to say that this is an issue that popped up and it was corrected. But the issue, the source was bad. But I'm not trying to blame anybody about that. It's just what it was. And so he helped me along with that. And as I do that with him, look and seek advice, I know we're building a relationship that God intends. Why? Because God orchestrates. God sets a man's foot in place and he ordains my steps. If I'm going to be prideful, I'm never going to get through this day. And I'm just going to mess it up. So God can show me each and every step of the way. That's such a good point to remember about uh, bringing God with you into the marketplace. Uh, at verse 24, this really stuck out to me as you were reading. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done, for God has no favorites. Taking God with you into the everyday and not just, you know, at your specially cultivated times, you know, 6.30 in the morning at your prayer room or Sunday morning at 10.30 or whatever. And that's great. If if 6.30 in the morning is, is a time that you can spend with God and all of that, wonderful. Go If your church service starts at 10.30 every single week, wonderful. But there is an implication here of taking God into the daily activities, into the everyday. Um, I, I have to sit here and break my neck in agreement that I, as, as we record this, we're recording, I'm recording this from my office and I am blessed to be able to work out my day in a way that when I want to be singing worship, when I want to have Christian music playing, all of those things, when I want to bring God into the presence of my workday, into the time of my workday, nobody else is impacted by it. That's a solo thing. That is me. And I understand that, you know, it. somebody could be listening to this and say, oh, good for you two that you guys get to work from home and you guys get that opportunity. But... You might not, it might not look exactly the same where, you know, you want to throw your favorite Christian artist on the, on the radio blaring or whatever that might not look exactly the same, but we still have this opportunity to be able to be in the presence of God in every single day activities, be living this out and working this out in the day to day. And I think that changes things when you look at I'll go as far as to say the responsibility that we have as kingdom citizens to still be living this out in the different intricacies of our everyday that it's not compartmentalized to just 6.30 in the morning or 10.30 on a Sunday. I just wanted to add to that. Every, everybody has a unique situation. You know, there are nurses, there are doctors, there are people who are like physical trainers, there are people who 
um, our construction workers who sell in the marketplace. So this is about you meeting God in a way or exploring the, your relationship with God in everyday life. You don't have to follow what Joe and I have, even though it tends to sound very similar. There were differences, but one thing was the same is it's the same God. It is the same God and he indwells each and every one of us. And it may sound weird. It may sound strange, but the more you ask the question, the more likely you to get the answer. And the question can be as simple as God, how do I bring you into my work life? Um, and you may have that. You may already have that already done, and you can show other people how to do that. And that would be great, especially if they're your coworkers. Um, if you lead a, a life devoted to the Lord, as people find waves come in their lives, turmoil, situations in life, they're going to realize that you are a person of peace. And you don't get upset and we see this a lot of times we have this natural gravitation to people we would like as mentors people who exhibit certain characteristics now sometimes we do it in a good healthy way and sometimes we do it in a needy and i'm going to use the word cannibalistic way we want what they have at whatever cost and so it's very important that it's something that is done by the holy spirit and that we understand when we're doing something that might be a little off. But this is what I, I want to say is that God intends you to have an influence. He doesn't intend for you to be a, and I'm going to use this word, a follower in the marketplace. He wants you to be able to show people who he is. So therefore you're a leader in that. And there really is no disqualification for that i don't care if you just sinned and you've made yourself right before the lord by repenting and sincere repentance not a glib repentance but a sincere repentance before the lord and god is all about restoration because he's calling us into a redemption and being a new creation so you are not disqualified as a matter of fact you do want to get to heaven and find out you did what you could do for all you could do for all those you could do it for is what i should say that as so there's a big influence you have whether you realize it or not anybody indwelt by god is indwelt by the creator of everything that's not a small thing so we don't have to be meek and um inward and kind of like this false humility of, oh, um, I can't do anything, but God is everything and kind of, because that's not, I hate to put it this way, that, let me rephrase what I was going to say, man, that is not honoring God. God has created something in me that I could not do myself. This confidence you see is not my natural ability. This is my supernatural ability because I'm indwelt by God. And I know that if I were threatened, that I would not have to worry for my life because if I died, I would be in his presence and he would be pleased because I had done honor and glorifying to him. In whatever small ways we do it, they're major for him. I don't care how small and simplistic it looks, doing God an honor and a glory is huge. It'll never be small in his eyes. And sometimes we're the only ones who know we did it. 
How big is that in God's eyes? When there was not someone to thank us for it, we did it because we loved God. And it was a small thing we did. Doubling down on this idea of the individualistic relationship, we've been talking about this throughout our time, and we've talked about it beforehand, but specifically through this walk through Colossians, because so much of it has been talking about living in Christ. We've really been hitting on this idea that just because we're sitting here talking about it, and like Edgar said, if you go back and listen to the examples that I drew upon and the illustrations that I drew upon and what Edgar drew upon, those look different. And what you experience in your day is going to look different than what we experience in our day. But the beauty is, is that our God is big enough to be able to walk through whatever that looks like with us. And that that relationship is so one-on-one with creator and created that we can be able to live out our lives while still being able to bring God with us, to be able to still enjoy the presence of God within the context of what we're doing and the life that we've got going on. And it's a beautiful thing when you realize that the creator of everything, I, I, I really encourage you guys, take a second and, and try and invest your mind into this thought that the creator of everything, you are indwelt, you are loved deeply, you are not alone. And that's the creator of everything. The Alpha and the Omega care so much that we can carry him with us into the everyday. That we can bring that relationship into the everyday that regardless of what it is, if it's a menial task, if it's a hard boss, if it's a situation that you've got going on, if it's hard decisions, if it's good stuff, if it's bad stuff, if it's the in-between stuff that we still have that same hope that does not change, that is constant through and through. I wanted to talk about where where Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And we just came out of reading about the multiple relationship layers that we as human beings are involved with sometimes at the same time so there's a simultaneous relationship that's going back with humanity and the many layers and that the lord says to pray with an alert mind to be intentional if you will um not a wandering kind of mind but an intentful kind of scene of the relationships you have. And he says, and pray with a thankful heart. So going back to some of the earlier relationships, oh, my kids, Lord, you got to do something about them. They wind me up. No, that's not a thankful heart. Father, thank you for my children. Let them glorify you with their lives. And we were talking about the boss and um, our spouses. So we need to um, continue forward 
with a thankful heart because it changes our mindset and actually probably elevates our prayer. Uh, we're not complaining. We're rejoicing and we're, we're coming into the heart of God and praying for others. He goes on to say, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities about this mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Paul wants us, the church, to pray for him to state the message clearly. And I know this was a point in time back then, but it was a desire in his heart that he would proclaim the message. He said, I don't have this down pat. I don't want to mess this up. Doesn't that sound a lot like us? And, you know, he's written so much and he's known God so deeply. And he has this, I don't want to say fear, but this cautious concern that he might not proclaim the message as clearly as he should. You know, he wants to be granted the opportunities to speak. So he, there is this whole essence of, you know, we live in a world of limited opportunities, but we have an unlimited God. So there, there are things that could occur that we are unaware of on a level that we're unaware of. And if we're just obedient, God go, takes it and he makes it huge. Sort of like what he did with the loaves and the fish. There was a finite number and he made it unlimited. They filled 12 basketfuls afterwards. So what can he do with what you would offer? The willingness that we talked about before of being a bond servant can be very big, like a big component or ingredient in the things that God is doing. So if we can pray with an alert mind, and a heart of gratitude. And that means that we're probably looking forward to be used by God. Not for our own glory. Not so that we can get a big house, get a million dollars. Not anything like that. But that God would be honored because we love him. And that he would give us opportunities to allow us to speak to him, to people about him. You know, and that we would be bold about it. Not hold back and answer difficult questions as best we can in a heart that is open not only to receiving but to giving that can be an amazing thing in the marketplace uh, one of the the neat things about god is that a lot of times he will take us not to a real mirror but to a place where we can see what we truly hold dear more than him and i'll use paul for an example is he vehemently loved God in the law and wanted to serve him in the law and Christians were this blight that was ruining the word of God because they followed this heretic named Jesus and God stopped him in a way that he could not be stopped by anyone else Jesus met him on the road so there are plenty of times where we will run into an uncomfortable situation and we are trying to save what I call our persona, our identity, our things that make us hold to ourselves. And 
It's an interesting point when we have the hand of God in our hand and he shows us what we are doing and we realize it's really just dust. And the thing that you would hold dear, you let go of so you can hold him more closely. I'll give him a, a, a very small example of this. You know, um, I've talked on the show, uh, sh on the episode before, uh, episodes before. You know that I I like <laughs> food, I do, and I re I I want I say recently, but it was probably ten years ago. I took a course um, with a man who was very instrumental in my life, um, Jamie Overhoser, who is a pastor who helps other pastors. Um, and in the course, I learned about God more deeply. <clears throat> and so I can put this in context. I bought a sandwich and it was a really good sandwich and I could only eat half of it. So I sort of ran wrapped it and put it back into the refrigerator and I'll have it the next day. When I came the next day, it was gone. And I did look in the refrigerator and it was definitely not there. And my thought was, wow, I fed somebody. This was a supernatural thought. It was not my natural self. And just to have been able to be in the presence of that and have that as a defining moment, that tiny little thing, a defining moment. And I tell you, I didn't work up to that. That was in, that was done I don't know if the word subconsciously is. It was done without my knowing in my spirit that I honored God in that response without having to think it through or rationalize it. And I was happy that someone was fed. It didn't come across, oh, they stole my lunch, which, you know, a year before probably would have been my attitude. Uh, but God can do that. He can show you where you're not walking in line with him. And then you can say, you know what? I want to walk in line with you. So maybe you get walk behind him and in his shadow or you walk side by side, but you, you're mimicking God. You're being partnered with him in a way that you are holding his hands and what he desires is what you desire. You know, that sandwich is nothing in the light of eternity, but that response was a gift to God that he had placed in me. It was something that showed me he had been doing work inside of me. Wow. When you subconsciously react to a situation is probably the best barometer to where exactly you are at. You know, when you're not thinking about it and it's a natural response, it's like how the Bible says where your heart is or where your focus is, your heart will be, that kind of thing. What what you're thinking about and the first things that come to your mind is a very good tell to where you're at. And when you make the effort to acknowledge God and to bring God into the everyday, that has a ripple effect to the point where we see how these different instances can be turned to an opportunity to glorify God even if that wouldn't be our natural inclination. Yeah, the um, next two verses actually speak quite well to that. It says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make ev make the most of every part opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. 
you know, when you think about being wise, it's almost like you have to intentionally do it. But there's something to be said for when you've done that mental awareness of being wise and acting appropriately in a wise manner, that it becomes a second nature or part of your nature to be wise, to act and realize that, you know, you can speak life just as well as you can speak death. But life has eternal value. Death doesn't. So if I choose to speak yeah. life, that's going to change the way I speak by nature. My nature will respond to that and fall in line with that. And when someone is speaking life, and we've discussed this in earlier episodes, there is a sort of kind of allure to it. They don't speak in a way that normally uh, a person would speak. Um, like take for example, if I had gotten upset and vented in the uh, pantry, oh they stole my lodge, ah, you know, running up and down, being a little madman, people are not going to say, wow, he's being you know gracious and attractive right now. No, but you know what I did, they would not know, but it would show in the way I carried myself because I would be unencumbered by it. So if I'm unencumbered, I walk a certain way. You know that whole stoop shoulder kind of like uh, front on the face, you know, dark cloud that enters the room, the opposite of that bright personality. So here we have the opportunity to really practice wisdom of God and applying it on our lives where it becomes second nature and it's carried throughout us. And a lot of times we can see this in people and not necessarily we'll see it in just believers, but we can see people who have a good rapport with other people who are gracious. You know, people who tend to take care of the elderly out of their natural abilities or desires. They take care of children because they want to. We can see these things and also realize that we can carry that as believers in every situation. There are a lot of times when we find out that, you know, we've reached the end of us. Um, and it might not be the time to throw in the towel, though it might be the time to surrender to God. I used to say that there's a, a person follows God up to a point, up to the point they stop or up to the point of surrender to him. And I would like to always surrender to him. Um, and pursue him further and realize I just hit a, a brick wall that is myself. It's not a part I'm proud of. It's not a part I want to hold on to, but I want to move past it. So wisdom would tell me, just let it go. Surrender it. Give it to the Lord. He knows what to do with it. Don't hold on to it. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to rationalize it. Oh, this is just my protective barrier that I put around myself because of the way I grew up in the past. You know, I understand that a lot of that is very important as long as it's leading you towards the Lord, not away from him. And by that, I mean, you're building his kingdom, not your kingdom. Um, there's a lot of good um, psychologists, psychiatrists that can help you. But if the end result is that you've built a kingdom to yourself, you will always have less than what you really need. And you need his kingdom. So anything can be a stepping stone. As horrible as it seems, God can lift you up and out of that situation. You know, it's it's funny when you when you really dive into scripture 
how many different things can come out when you really comb through this. It's like it's like the last Lord of the Rings movie that we've got going on with this series. I feel like for the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about how, oh, we're going to wrap up Colossians here. But yet you keep pulling more and more out of the scripture the more that you delve into it. Yeah. And, you know, I think people people should expect this when they're doing their Bible reading. They may want to get through a chapter per day, but then the Lord says, you know what? dwell on this a little bit longer and i think this is just an example of that that's a very good point it really resonated with me if you guys heard last week's episode edgar had made a comment about how he only reads he tries to keep it at a maximum of a handful of verses every day and there's value in really combing through the word of God and not just breezing through it for completionist sake. Now I say that, and I do have to speak to the contingent of there are some times, there are some seasons and some days where what you need is to completely and totally bathe yourself in God's word. And that might mean spending more time reading. That might mean putting on an audio Bible and having it playing and all of that. That's something different. I totally get that. I have days like that where there are some times where, you know what, all I need to do right now, all I need to do for today is to cling on to God for dear life and not let go. And the best thing that I need in my life right now is to have life spoken into my life right now. And so I, do, I take that time to to stay in the word. And it's not, it, it's a different example of the many ways that we can interact with the word of God that are situational, like we're talking about as far as our relationships with God, that the last thing that we want you guys to do is to hear examples from our lives and to try and shoehorn in our experiences into your life. Because spoilers, it's going to get frustrating because you don't think the way that we think. You don't interact with God the way that we interact with God. God doesn't interact with you the way that the way that he interacts with us because it's individualistic. Because our God interacts with his creation on an individualistic level. Yeah, there's there are two and two types of reading that come to my head when you read the Bible. One is informational, and that's where we tend to read as much as possible so we can get an understanding of uh, a topic or a theology or a chapter. And then there's transformational. This one is where you actually just go, and I would put it this way, not everybody would. It's like you're going to visit with God and find out what's on his mind and what he has to tell you. And you can find this out easier in certain books than others. Like, you know, you might read it in the Psalms or the Proverbs, and you may say, you know what, that that hits me hard. You know, if you go into a book, like we were talking earlier, Leviticus, where it's the law, it's harder to get that kind of um, sense of transformational because there's a lot of things locked away in it that's hidden. And it's a lot of information. There's a lot of information to follow. It's just the way the book is written. And it's an important part. But how we approach our reading can be um, indicative of what we'll get out of it. You know, the mindset. Um, I love reading for transformation. 
Um, but I also know that reading for information is important. What does God say on this topic? Uh, the one thing I have to be careful with is not to approach it as a formula. Uh, if this, then that, else this. <laughs> so God is much bigger than that. He's much more intricate and I don't want to say he's complex in that he's multi-layered and he said things throughout the century the same thing the same word the same verse people can glean different things out of it um and you're always you've done it yourself probably joe when you've gone back to verses wow i never knew that was in there and it's one i've right. read many times before so we can find these nuggets all along the way and the neat thing is that the word of god is alive whether informational or transformational, there is a change that is occurring and it's pulling us away from the world's corrupt system. And the more we yield to it, the more we see it as truth and the more as we see it as sovereign and the more that we see that it is God's holy word and that Jesus is the word, the living word, that we start to realize we're letting go of the things that hold us down. I long for the day when the sons of God will be revealed like the verse says of the earth you know it longs for the sons of god to be revealed and i think that means that we step into our spiritual inheritance and take the authority that we need to in order to bring his kingdom honor and glory to the world around us the world's in deep need it has always been in deep need there's no difference from any point in history as now the situations are grave wherever you look and more so now as the time of his coming uh, approaches so we really need to look at not only inheriting but using what he's already given us the identity has given us as truth not as something that's for the future or a metaphor but to wage war against the principalities is a now kind of thing to do. So there's many truths, many nuggets that will give us an inkling into what God wants us to do in union with him. We are indwelt for a reason. And it's not to be isolated. And it's not to look for uh, our prosperity unto our own kingdom but to be generous with those around us. So these are the things that God wants us to develop, I feel. Um, and hopefully a lot of people do feel that God wants them to do more than they have been doing. That's just not enough. There's more that needs to be done. And to piggyback off of that, there's been this theme that we've said kind of in the closing of a lot of these episodes. If you've gotten it wrong, we're not focusing on that. That's not the point of this. That's right. It's not to focus on how this is incorrect because we serve a God of redemption. We can be redeemed. These things, these situations, they can be redeemed. That's okay. If you haven't gotten it right, and, and which understand first and foremost, none of us get it right all the time. We all get it wrong sometimes. That happens. But moving forward, 
you can ask the questions, okay, God, can you show me where we can meet in this in the everyday in a practical way? How can I be how can I experience more than more of you in in the everyday? How can I bring these things into my everyday life and we serve a God that doesn't want to hold back from us, that does not seek to hold back from us. And we see constantly, both in the Bible and honestly, if you if you pay attention to the world around you, you can see in the everyday examples of supernatural wisdom, of supernatural instances where it's not the your natural inclination is not to react in the way that you just react and you can see how the spirit is at work in these situations so if what you are hearing in all of this if if you are if you are feeling in in hearing these things this this tug on your heart like hey this is a thing do not allow the enemy to ensnare you into shame and guilt for for time that has spent not focusing on God or allowing worldly things to dictate your attitude or whatever the case may be. And understand that our God seeks to have an everyday regular relationship. Not a pious one where our, you know, you, you have to say these, these certain things and approach God in this certain way. Um, one example of transformational reading that I recently experienced is going through the first five books. We've made jokes about it, but there's some, there's some thick weeds as far as the first five books go, especially when you get into the law and one thing that was pulled out for me, and I'm a little hesitant to share this because, again, we don't want you guys to try and transcribe anything onto your own lives. But one thing that stood out to me was, isn't it a wonderful thing that in the modern day we are indwelt and we don't have to go through all of the same things in order to try and fulfill the law and to try and fulfill the ability to be able to be in the presence of God? That that's not the same kind of relationship. We are something entirely different than those times. And we can have, we can rejoice in that. We can have celebration in the fact that we get to have that everyday relational relationship with God. So, so please understand, again, as we've said, and I feel like we've said this a lot with some of these things because... Some of these things that we've been talking about in this in this book so far are areas where it's easy to fall into the trap of condemnation, of shame, of guilt. I didn't do this, and so I can't do this going forward. That's the enemy. If it's an if-then sort of statement, if, if I have messed this up in the past, then it's impossible for me to get it right in the future. That is a product of the enemy. I had a picture of that earlier. I didn't realize it was something I should share. But no one has ever said when the baby falls at his first steps, well, he's never going to walk. He can't get that right. Right. They encourage the baby to continue walking. And that's what the cloud of witnesses does. They cheer us on, the saints. 
God is looking for us to keep going on. There's a reason that he holds his hand out and helps us back up. It's to continue, not to give up. As you explore more of God, as you explore more of Scripture, as you spend time with God, don't be afraid to allow God to stop you in your tracks with something and to stay on something and to pull out what needs to be pulled out. Because like Edgar said, you can read the same verse several times in several different situations and pull something different out of it. You know, next week we are going to actually wrap up our series on Colossians by discussing prayer. And as we, as you could tell by the reading at the beginning of this episode, that the intention of this was to finish up today, but there is so much here that, that God brought forward that I just want to remind you that as you take the time and allow scripture to wash over you, to be in the presence of God, which like we talked about, I understand that sounds lofty, but it's not lofty. That's it's that's every day that God that God encourages us into. That's that intimate relationship that we keep talking about, that God calls us into. That we have this this ability to be able to have God wash over us, have God's word wash over us. So so don't be afraid of that. And and when you dig in, don't be afraid for God to poke and prod in those areas and to do transformational work because when you allow this to happen and and it really is that allowing god to be able to reach into those places because we can just as easily pull away from god and not allow him to do that that the more that we allow that to happen the more things we're going to see happen the more change that we're going to see take place edgar mentioned his example i've got my own examples of situations where this is not my natural inclination this has to be evidence of the Spirit's work in your life. So celebrate that and, and allow that to take place. It doesn't matter where you've been. It, engage God where you're at. Because we, we serve a God that, that wants to engage us where we're at. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence, Father. I pray for each and every listener, Father, they're so dear to you. Father, continue their hunger to thirst after you, to, to find out who you are even more deeply than they ever thought possible, Father, that you would bless them with your presence, Father, that they would be able to discern your voice above all the other voices that call out to them throughout the day, Father, that they would be bold spiritual warriors against the principalities that are in the areas and around the world, Father, that they would take on the full armor of God, Father, but most of all, that they would love and honor and glorify you and that they would feel fulfilled in their relationship with you, that they would seek no other than you. Father, I thank you for the gift of these people, Father, and I commend them into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Buddy Walk with Jesus. 
For more information, check us out at buddywalkwithjesus.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. You can also find us on Discord at the Buddy Walk Community for prayer and fellowship. And lastly, if you check out the episode description, we have a listener support link and we would love your support for this ministry. As always, know that you are prayed for and know that you are loved.